0: Time to take this submarine back up. Huh? Oh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with Tax Act. How did you get April here? To remind you that with Tax Act, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less. Beats being submerged for another month. May eh, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. Guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? <laughs> Kidding. Just Tax Act. Switch to TaxAct today and start for free. See TaxAct.com for details. Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim, I, Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the end of September. Holy crap, guys. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. It's going to be 2021, sooner, as soon as we know it. Um, I wanted to remind everybody that this week is our gaming influencers event we have a lot of people rcp'd but uh it, that's the beauty of a virtual event we don't have a capacity here so go get your tickets iamwim.com events you're going to learn from arena shamus of three black dot which is one of the biggest companies the best companies in the gaming space and she is going to educate you all about that huge world of gaming influencers how to work with them um, everything you've ever wanted to know. We're going to do a Q&A at the end, so you'll be able to ask your questions. And a reminder that I don't know that everybody realizes this, but Arena is actually one of our WIM, official WIM mentors, which means that one lucky attendee from the event this week on October 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern is going to win an hour-long free one-on-one mentorship session with her. So that's so stinking cool. I wish I could win that session, but I Also, I think it's more fair that I remove myself and take myself out of the running. (laughs) So she is all yours, guys. Um, Anyways, check out imwim.com slash events for more information. Casey Smith is an experienced social media and influencer marketing manager. She leads influencer and publisher partner strategy for the Kroger company and spearheaded their TikTok efforts with an influencer-led hashtag challenge plus campaign. Prior to Kroger, she worked in the nonprofit industry, leading social media and communications for a local organization. Welcome to the podcast, Casey. All right, Casey. So it is so nice to have you on today. I, I get like a little more excited when we have people from brands on because we have you guys on less frequently. We have so many agency people and like talent managers and um, it's really nice to have someone from a brand on and Kroger nonetheless, which does a lot of influencer work. So welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and, and share some of the brand perspective.
0: Yeah, we're excited too. Um, before we sort of dive into some timely topics and um, a little bit about what Kroger does and your work with them, I guess you know we heard a bit about you in the intro to this podcast. I love that you have a background in nonprofits a little bit and, um, and that obviously that transition into working with influencers. So yeah. in your own words, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your journey to influencer marketing and how you ended up where you are today.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, so as you said, I, I used to work at a nonprofit organization. It's one that's here in Cincinnati, but it's actually a pretty national organization as well, St. Vincent DePaul. I'm small nonprofit, so I did a little bit of everything there, um, working within the community, doing drives for food and coat donations and things like that as well as like our entire social media like online presence. And while I was there, I, I learned about this role at Kroger that was just specific to social media, um, which I was super excited to like just focus on like the social media influencer marketing world. So I transitioned over to that company and Kroger was just beginning to work with influencers. Uh, we, we kind of saw influencers as, um, we worked with food bloggers typically, And saw them as kind of like experts in the food space, you know, a trusted voice. And worked with them to really showcase the quality of products from Kroger. And that we could be a a reliable source for, you know, affordable fresh food. Um, So that's how when we started working with them. The role I was in originally at Kroger was a specialist role. That was more just general, general support for the team. Um, And then since I've been there, I've been promoted twice. And my current role is just focusing on influencer marketing and publisher partnerships. And it's honestly something new, like every day. And it keeps it exciting and fun and challenging. um, and And I really enjoy it. That's awesome. And
0: like, let's talk a little bit about the focus of, you know, uh, of, in food, um, because that is a, a pretty unique area of the influencer space. It's a huge space and I feel like it's always been. Um, But by the same token, I'm sure there are very specific strategies and really specific practices that you guys have to always think about that maybe somebody who works in beauty or fashion influencers doesn't quite have to think about. So like, talk to us about some of the nuances of working in the food space. Yeah,
1: sure.
0: And for for Kroger
1: specifically too, um, so Kroger owns other stores. Uh, We own, I think, honestly, probably more than I'm aware of. It feels like Kroger sometimes just like buy a new one and it's hard to keep track. Uh, But there's about 13 that we do social media support for and work with influencers for. Um, And those are just about completely national. At this time, we don't have any like in the Northeast area or New York yet. Maybe that'll change soon. That'd be fun. Um, As well as we don't have any in Florida. Um, But we're working with influencers we do want to work with people who actually shop at our stores if they're in los angeles that might be their ralph's store which is their we call it their local kroger family store in the pacific northwest we have fred meyer there's Fry's in arizona there's just smith's um is a popular one for us that's kind of like salt lake city utah area and nevada so first we want to ensure that anyone that we're partnering with can actually shop at our stores and hopefully does and has a natural affinity for it. I'm sure that's how a lot of brands feel if they're already kind of an established brand versus a new one. So we try to find people who have maybe already talked about us. It's a little bit easier given that we are such like a well-known large brand. And if they're food influencers, hopefully they've bought some groceries at our stores. And with that, um, we do tend to look for people who create content that's approachable. They're probably not going to be creating the most Complex recipes all the time. Um, we want these to be recipes and food content that anyone feels like they can achieve. And it's just really approachable, easy, fresh food for them and their family. So that's kind of what we're looking for with influencers. Additionally, we do try to ensure that we're working with partners across the country nationally. Um, so we try to find people who are in like our main Kroger markets, um, Nashville, Tennessee, Dallas, Houston, and then our other banners throughout the country. Um, and just ensuring that we have a great diverse group of of people that we're working with too.
0: And I find that so fascinating that you guys obviously have to work so Mm -hmm. geo-specifically. And I'm sure that you can sort of articulate that each section of the country has their own, their own look and feel in some instances, like a Dallas blogger is like a very specific type of woman. (laughs) Um, And, you know, in LA or, you know, California for Ralphs and things like that. Talk to us a little bit also about, you know, how you find the influencers that you work with and, um, you know, what, what is the ideal influencer to work with look like to you guys? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we find influencers through a variety of ways. Honestly, there's so many influencers. It's, it's a challenge to even narrow down who to work with anymore um, just because there are like, so many new and upcoming as well as like established food recipe creators. Um, so we utilize some platforms. We do utilize Creator IQ. We're currently uh, reviewing and, and doing a test campaign with Tagger. In the past, we've also utilized... Um, Maverick is a platform, which worked really well when we were doing some more micro campaigns, we focus a little bit more on macro currently. And we'll utilize those platforms, but also just manual searches, which I feel like nothing can like recreate a manual search just yet. Uh, You know, utilizing hashtags of items related to your brand or the kind of topic or content you're going after. And then also seeing who's tagging you in content, Uh, we get a ton of tagged Instagram posts that are tagging at Kroger Co. or at Ralph's Grocery, things like that. And seeing who's already talking about us and, and kind of going from there to look at their profile and kind of find them um, a perfect influencer. I I don't think there is one perfect influencer that we're looking for. Probably someone who does the, you know, approachable kind of recipe content I spoke about, but also their photography is probably a little bit similar to our brand where it's light and airy, um, colorful, fresh food. We do less of the like moody kind of food photography. So we, we stay away, away from that typically. And then also I think people who have a natural um, rapport with their audience and are very engaged with their audience. So if someone is like in the comments section of their Instagram after they post something or on their blog or in their newsletter, you can tell that they're, you know, having a lot of conversations with their audience and it feels almost like a community. Um, that's something we look for because it really shows that their audience trusts them. So if they want to work with us, they definitely trust us, and, and it kind of gives us a little bit more clout with their audience. And so once you
0: find these influencers that sort of like check some of these boxes and you're looking to maybe highlight a specific region and you know, you know you come up with a list of influencers – um, what does the creative process look like for you guys? Um, you know, so many people do it in different ways, right? Um, and I, I love that you guys work with an in house team. Do you guys also work with an agency
1: or is it fully in house? Mm-hmm. We work with an agency. We used to be fully in house. Um, over the past few years, I've been at Kroger, we've had an agency in house and back to working with agencies again. I'm sure people at um, other brands can relate to this. <laughs> Um, but we currently work with an agency. Our internal team is pretty small. It's essentially myself for like influencer and publisher marketing. And then I work with um, a couple of colleagues who are more focused on our social content. And we have like a, a senior social and brand lead. Um, and the, the creative process, typically, um, we don't do too many one-off partnerships. We try to sort of ladder things up to similar marketing priorities that are happening for the entire business. So heading into the holiday season, that's easy. We're all going to be talking about holiday and the um, convenience of like Kroger pickup for holidays or grocery pickup for holidays or utilizing delivery as well. It's just like the assortment of fr- fresh products we have at Kroger for your holiday meals. Um, and that's a message that will be running across you know, all of our marketing channels um, out of home. You know, on your billboards and like banner ads you see online, we're all trying to ladder up to the same thing, which is a little bit of a change from how we operated even a year or so ago at Kroger. They've done a great job on the marketing team in the past year of just trying to focus on fewer messages so we can really support those. And from there, um, what we typically do is come up with um, an influencer brief as we're reaching out to influencers and kind of managing contracts and things like that to share with them of inspiration of kind of what we're going for for that marketing priority and try to give them as much information as they need so they fully understand what we're talking about. And then we're, we're really open to, you know, if they have an idea that's maybe a little bit outside that to share with us and just make it their own so it works for them and their audience and it doesn't feel like super branded by Kroger. That's always kind of a failure when when it feels like it's just like coming from Kroger, it needs to come from them, but you know, feature Kroger in a way that makes sense.
0: Definitely, um, and I and I, I'm curious since you guys are currently working with an agency, but have seen both sides of the coin working in house versus with an agency, and it's I've heard that it's quite the journey to find the right agency fit. Um, you know, what does it look like now in terms of, you know, how you guys sort of collaborate together, even just with the creative, like who's coming up with the brief and, you know, who it like, how to, just how does all of that work as a team? Because you and the agency are absolutely a team with each other. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Anytime we work with an agency, I always want them to just feel like an extension of the Kroger team. Um, and that's what, you know, we're, we're trying to do with our, our current agency partners. I'd say the initial brief for the marketing priorities that we have, that comes from Kroger, the brand team at Kroger, which I sit on, our brand building team. And then that's shared with our agency partners. Typically, um, I'll be talking through that with them, answering questions, trying to give, you know, adding to it what I, what I can. And then for the influencer brief that's created by the agency with feedback from myself, typically pulling things straight from that initial brief of just brand guidelines or like our specific um, messaging for that priority.
0: And you talked about, you mentioned briefly how, you know, you try not to do one-off posts, how you, you, I, what I'm hearing from that is that you really want to establish a, like a wonderful working relationship um, with influencers. I mean, I've always said like, that's such, it just to me, it sounds like a no brainer, right? Like it sounds like such the ideal situation that you work with somebody, you love your work, and then you can rely on them. And then you just, you know, tap them when you have future work coming up. And um, it just comes off as more authentic because they just continuously post about Kroger, etc, etc, etc. Talk to us about, you know, what an influ what the experience has to look like for you to be able to be like, oh, that person is on my forever list. I would love to work with that influencer again.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd say if they are someone who creates unique content for us for that campaign and then if they're following all the uh, deadlines and things like that that's always honestly so helpful and not something that's always done unfortunately. Um, I think deadlines for like creative concepts and then initial rough drafts and, and things like that just because um, we also sometimes utilize creator or influencer content on our own channels so, if we're planning to repurpose something and then it's late, it kind of affects the social content calendar and paid media that we were planning behind it just becomes a whole, you know, thing. Um, so someone who's, you know, just following all the timelines we have in place, maybe as early is enthusiastic to partner with us and seems really excited to be working with Kroger. I think, unfortunately, there can be times when people create branded content where it seems like the brand is almost hidden. Um, I, not thinking of anything specifically with Kroger, but it is something you sometimes see within influencer marketing. Uh, if we're partnering with someone, we're excited and eager and proud to partner with them. And that's what we're kind of hoping they reciprocate when working with us too. Um, and then we do typically for um, longer term partnerships, we will still work with someone, maybe on like a, a one-off contract here and there a couple times um, before they might be considered for something longer term that that's all so reasonable. And, you know, I I
0: hope that people take notes though, because sometimes things that are, even though they sound reasonable, um, people forget them. Um, and so it's, it's really good to just have a refresher. Um, And then, you know, I'd I'd love to hear, we're coming up on holiday, which is usually the biggest, busiest time of the year in influencer marketing, but also just marketing and advertising in general. Obviously, this is a weird year Um, in everything that's gone on, 2020, the most bizarre year ever. I can speak personally and say like, when is it 2021 yet? (laughs) It'd be so happy when that bell strikes and it's not 2020 anymore but I guess I'd love to hear like has has strategy shifted for Kroger given the complexities of
1: 2020 mm-hmm. oh absolutely I can share some inside of like the past six months and then heading into holiday and. Um, Going back a little bit to like the earlier stages of like COVID and quarantine and stay at home, we had to shift a lot within our social strategy and our influencer marketing strategy. I think the the first change and like immediate action we took was reaching out to any partners who had like pending work this first you know several weeks of like the stay at home orders, basically to be like, want like you don't have to post anything right now, or you know we'll delay this until everyone feels comfortable sharing branded content because otherwise it just might feel insensitive right now um and also being a retailer during that time there were a lot of issues with um things being out of stock so maybe they would be promoting something that people couldn't even get in store um so we wanted to be really sensitive to that and then um one shift we made with just kind of who we were working with uh we saw and i think everyone saw and probably personally were doing this spending more time online especially with video so we transitioned some of our social influencer budget to work with more creators on YouTube and and tested that out a little bit more, which isn't something we've been utilizing as much as I think we should have Um, and something we'll probably be doing more of in in 2021. We worked with um, the Hamiltons, who were a couple from Netflix, Love is Blind, and they did a super cute video for us that was about like date night at home. Didn't necessarily like go on about COVID or anything like that but just addressing like the new situation for for everyone and like how people can celebrate and still do date night at home and and cooking a meal with products from their Kroger that you know was delivered to them um and moving into holiday one of the shifts we are seeing is that people are just ready to have something to celebrate and you know be happy about and people might be there is of course people are becoming more conscious of their spending but during the holiday season, I think they're more willing to invest in the things that will, will make them happy. So maybe they'll do doing some more like self-gifting or, um, you know, making really elaborate meals for just, you know, their, their smaller family that's going to be at home. So we want to make sure we can show how Kroger can be a part of that. We'll definitely be talking a lot more as a, as a brand about our pickup and like grocery delivery Offerings um, just to show people like it's a way you can get everything you need for any of those like holiday meals in a safe way um, in a really convenient way for people. So we'll be kind of doing more of that with our influencer partners heading into the holiday season. I love that. I'm such. I'm. I mean, look. I'm in New York City,
0: so I'm all about groceries being delivered. Yeah. <laughs> but also, just you know, being able to share the the different value ads that you guys bring to the equation is huge, right? And I guess I'm curious, like, how you know when you're coming up with a campaign, are there specific messages that you want to you know you want to get across, and how does it work with you know you get an influencer who comes to you and they are incredibly enthusiastic and they, they're they super creative and maybe they have a slightly different, um, um, you know, talking point that they want to discuss in their content. How do you guys handle something like that?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll always share like what the, what the main um, talking points are for a campaign or marketing priority. So heading into the holiday season, I mentioned like we'll have free pickup um, and just the convenience of that we try to keep that very um, like simple bare bones, like just to the core, it's like free pickup. It's easy. It's convenient so that people can make it their own. If someone is like, you know what? I utilize pickup, but it's kind of for a different reason. Or I found in my family, I save more money when I'm doing pickup because I'm planning my, my meals out in advance to place the order things like that. I'm always open to that. I kind of, I love when influencers come to us with like their own, on things, and I'd rather them feel comfortable coming to us with those ideas um, and think of us as like a, a partner on the process um, rather than just like someone who's telling them what to do.
0: <laughs> I and I know that a, any influencers listening or managers certainly appreciate that mm-hmm. <laughs> from you. Okay. Um, and I guess a follow up question would be, you know, what is your editing process look like. There are certain companies that come to mind or like categories of, of brands, like, um, I don't know, anything in like the medicinal space or <laughs> the financial space that have like so many legalities. There are certain categories of companies that Definitely have more stringent approval processes. Some that come to mind are in you know the medicinal space or um, health uh, or certainly the financial space as well. Um, from an in, you know if we're talking about from an influencer's perspective or their management. Uh, A beautiful campaign is one where, you know, everyone's enthusiastic, everybody submits on time, um, then the approval process is also on time and ideally everyone's just already on the same page, so everybody's aligned and there are no edits. Um, but talk to us about the realities because that's the ideal situation. But, you know, how how has that editing process gone? Are there any sort of tips or tricks that you could offer anyone listening who may have ex- or currently even be experiencing uh, a difficult approval
1: process? Mm-hmm. Um. I want approval processes to be easy, that makes my job easier too. Um, so we try to be upfront about any sort of like non-negotiables or things that you know Kroger or the brand really wants to ensure that is included in content. Um, so if we don't do this too often, but if perhaps there is a specific product, like we're trying to do a product launch or something, we wanna feature those items, we'll be very clear about what needs to be featured in the content. Um, for Kroger, we are a bit flexible in what that looks like. We do want any content that is sponsored by us to have Kroger included essentially as like the hero of the content. Um, and that can vary from if it's a um, with branding in, in different ways. So it could be them showing content that's then like in store or it's like a branded Kroger reusable bag. Or if it's some of our products within our stores, we do carry our own like private labels, which includes Simple Truth, Private Selection, and Kroger brand. So if they're featuring any of those in their recipe and they have um, this great dish they've created and they're showing like within like the corner of the photography or something like private selection sauce that they used in it, um, that's always great for us. And we want to ensure that we have some of that featured in there. If we get content and it's showing the food but there's no branding, that's typically something where we have to kind of go go back and hopefully they already have photography that, that features our brand. Um, But hopefully to eliminate any of that, we try to have all that up front and luckily we don't have some of the um, legal issues that some different verticals might have. Um, Typically the only thing we try to be mindful of if we're talking about our simple truth line of products is that they're um, they're like non-GMO, we have some organic and some that are just all natural, things like that. We try to ensure that we're not giving any sort of like diet advice when we're talking about those. Um, and we we try to give that information up front as, as we're sending out briefs too. Talk to us about the logistics
0: of that approval process, especially since you guys do work with an agency. So, you know, Anything from who's tasked with, you know, actually approving it? Like, are you serious? I can't imagine that you personally are going through hundreds of pieces of content and you guys are, you know, creating content, like you said, on YouTube, we, I'd love to discuss and we're going to talk all about TikTok, different platforms. Um, are you guys using any tools? Like what is actually like really give us a peek behind the curtain to how you guys
1: are, are working through all this content. When we utilized Maverick as like our influencer platform, we were able to do a lot of approvals and feedback through their platform that they have. Currently, as we adjusted and shifted to kind of doing more uh, agency partnered content, we, we did adjust our, our influencer strategy a little bit to where we're working with um, more macro level influencers and typically for campaigns, it's, it's fewer influencers than what we used to be working with. So there's a little bit less content to approve. Um, our agency does prepare everything and put um, all that content into, like, we utilize Google Docs, essentially. And so I am going in and reviewing every piece of content. Um, the system we have set up, I mean, is, is really easy of just, like, here's the copy, here's the photography. Um, the agency we work with, 360i, they'll have um, some of their feedback or initial notes, and typically they're catching those things that are most important, like, utilizing, you know, hashtag ad or sponsored within the, the copy and any um, ensuring that, you know, Kroger's tagged correctly and things like that. So I'm typically able to go through those pretty quickly and add any additional notes. Um, for the most part, we aren't tweaking like the copy or, or message that they're trying to, to put out there unless it's just inaccurate if it's the wrong tag for Kroger or something like that. Um, so it's usually a pretty seamless, quick process. And the I think a lot of it is probably due to the influencer briefs being very detailed. Uh, And I think that helps too with, with kind of making the logistical side of approvals pretty quick. And let's dig into
0: that a little bit more too, because especially in our really active Facebook group, we've had a lot of discussion about what makes a really good influencer brief and some people are like you know as thorough as you want to be guys like having a 50 page brief for one post is like just too much and it's not helping anybody mm-hmm. so you know are there any sort of tips or tricks that you would like to share that you've seen create a
1: successful
0: campaign when it comes to a campaign brief
1: I think starting out with what the priority messaging is that you're trying to get across? Um, having that kind of be the opening and explaining what Kroger's trying to do and give some of that background information. And then um, including in that document to all the dates and, and, and things like that. The, if you have a URL that you're driving to, include that. Um, and then I think what has helped a lot is including examples of previous um, sponsored content, um, the photography, putting that in the deck. And when we're talking about like, oh, we want to make sure we have, you know, branding included in some way, showing different examples of that. I think that helps a lot in just having, um, you know, like one or two pages where it's just images of, you know, successful previous content shown in there. So they get an idea of what the content creative assets should look like. And then I think just having, you know, the details of the rest of the campaign available for them.
0: So I'd love to chat with you a little bit also about TikTok. I guess first and foremost, I'd love to learn a little bit more about how Kroger has leaned in to TikTok and just generally speaking, um, your experience with it as a brand.
1: Um, so Kroger, we had our first campaign on TikTok about one year ago. We We have a brand page on the platform or brand account for Kroger. we haven't published any content yet of our own we've we've mostly leaned in utilizing creators which i think for any brand or company that's looking to start a presence on a new platform working with creators first is the best way to go about it um because they're experts in the platform already they have an established audience they know what kind of content works on there. They know how to edit the content for the platform, which is especially important for TikTok. Uh, so last year for back to school, uh, you know, when back to school was a little more normal than this year, unfortunately. Um, we were working for a back to school campaign. Um, one of our primary audiences was students who were heading to college for the first time or heading back to college. And wanting Kroger to be a resource for them for all their like back to college or back to school shopping to stock up their dorm room of things they might need for like storage and organization and supplies as well as like all the snacks and things that they they want for their dorm room too Uh, so we reached out to TikTok and had some conversations with you know a team there to talk about the audience on TikTok understand what sort of um, ads they could offer companies, and also what measurements they offer too. Um, I was really impressed with what they could provide on, you know, the back end with different uh, KPIs that they could share, as well as um, a, a brand lift study, which I think was kind of like the the big thing for us because for all of our influencer and social media work, we're really conscious of trying to do brand lift with that. So they were able to provide a brand lift study for the campaign, which I think kind of gave us the go ahead to like, let's really do this. Um, So we did a back to college campaign with them that was called hashtag hashtag transform your dorm. It was the first ever global, like first ever campaign that was a hashtag challenge plus campaign. It featured our hashtag challenge um, as it's it's normally featured within the, the TikTok app. And there's like a page that's dedicated to the challenge that gives information about it, shows some of the featured videos for people who have participated in the challenge, but it also included um, a shopping capability there. So some of the products that were featured in creator content were shown on that page. So people could go ahead and like shop and add it to their their shopping cart at Kroger or find their local Kroger store as well. Um, And I think what really made the campaign successful was that we partnered with four Gen Z creators to kind of launch it. So the day that the challenge went live and the platform was the same day that these four creators um, you know, shared their sponsored content of them going to their neighborhood Kroger store, whether it was a Kroger or I think for some of them it was a Ralph's, and you know, showing the items that they were getting to like stock up to go back to school. We saw a, oh gosh, I wish I had all the numbers memorized, but a... Over 500 million views of, of content with that with that hashtag, and um, really great above benchmark engagement rate. Um, just really like very positive results. And with the brand lift study, we did see that we kind of moved um, the perception of shoppers to realize that Kroger is more than just a grocery store for back to school shopping. It can be like their resource for everything they have on like their their list to go back to school. Um, that was a great success for us and we have continued to work with influencers on that platform. We did a, um, a fun kind of like Valentine's day campaign on there working with, um, a few influencers just who were like stocking up for, for like a date night for Valentine's at their local Kroger. Um, we did have some content planned for like March basketball that unfortunately was canceled. And um, since all the games were canceled, um, but, over this summer, we we launched another campaign that was a little bit um, of a larger one, working with influencers, doing uh, focusing on like easy meals. Um, just knowing that during quarantine and the stay-at-home orders for everyone, people were so much more active on TikTok, and we really saw like the presence of food food content and recipe content grow on the platform. So it made a lot of sense to start you know, start growing our presence on there and working with some of the foodie creators who, you know, had grown massive audiences over just a few months on the platform. Um, And so we'll continue to work with some creators on the platform. We've got some ideas for Q4 and and 2021 as well. And um, Kroger, something we've done for quite a few years is um, essentially work in like longer term partnerships with influencers We call this group like the Kroger Collective, and they're in like six-month-long partnerships. This current group that we're finalizing contracts and partnerships with will actually include TikTok creators for the first time. Um, Typically, it's just been people who are like on Instagram and have like a blog presence. Um, We'll have several people who are TikTok creators as part of this group, so they'll be in a contract and partnership with Kroger over like the next six months where they'll exclusively be working with us as like a grocery retailer, sharing recipe content regularly on TikTok and also creating some um, content for Kroger to utilize in our account too, Um, just because it'll be so much easier to utilize them as a resource to create that content versus trying to work with a studio right now. Um, And they're all just really experts on the kind of um, video that that performs well on the platform.
0: And influencers love that. I find that like more i I, more and more people should should take from your example um with having the influencers themselves create the brand content i've heard so many influencers just say like i'm already creating content like and i and i'd love to do more and we already have this relationship so just tap me for stuff that you need too. Um, you know a lot of these times like early in a lot of these instances the influencer can of course create content for their own look and aesthetic. Ideally, they're somewhat similar, but they can tweak things, of course. For, you know, if there is a little bit different of a look and feel that you are looking for as well, so I love that you guys do that. And, you know, we're all when it comes to TikTok, we're all learning and we're all testing and, you know, like literally nobody is an expert right now, and if they claim to be, like just please run the other way because it can't be true. So in, you know, that you're still learning and testing, but I love that you guys have leaned into it and are continuing to, even in your long-term program, you know, what are, how do the, how does the ideal influencer on TikTok differ slightly or maybe a lot um, in comparison to other platforms that you guys have been on?
1: Um, I think what we have found is some of the people that we're working with on TikTok, this is the first time, um, or this is like, their platform that they have the largest presence on. And maybe even before they got on TikTok, they weren't, you know, they didn't consider themselves a creator or influencer, um, but they've kind of just grown a really engaged audience on there. So I think with this, with TikTok compared to some other platforms, the content itself doesn't have to be as high of quality. It's completely okay if it's shot on iPhone, they're editing it within the app and, and things like that. Um, I think that's, something that we're completely okay with on this platform because that seems to be what performs well. Um, and I also think they, they can show a little bit more of their personality in their content too, which isn't something we necessarily get within other platforms. I think it's kind of fun to engage with like really big, playful personalities on TikTok. Those people perform well and it's also just, I think it's kind of exciting and, and fun to kind of um, align your brand with those personalities too. Definitely. And it's,
0: it, I don't know, it's so refreshing to hear all these things from you. I got to tell you, Casey, because um, I, it like, look, 2020 has been a crazy year. Plus there are just like very conservative brands out there. And I understand, you know, just sort of wanting to stick with the status quo, maybe like always going with, you know, The same types of influencers are on the same platforms and doing the same thing. Um, But it's really cool to hear that you guys are open to experimenting and like really sort of um, really expanding the the you know your work in the influencer space by pushing yourselves a bit and just staying current. Um, and that's just really refreshing to hear. So, how cool is that? Um, and then, I guess I'd love to. We, so, we ask this question of everybody who comes on the podcast. I'm really excited to hear what you have to say about it. What do you wish somebody had told your younger self that would have given you a professional or personal
1: advantage today? Mm-hmm. That's such a good question. Uh, I would say, I think one thing that I wish. I would have known earlier or just really embodied more earlier and what I hope other people do. And I think unfortunately it could be something um, that women are especially like guilty of not doing a great job of. And it's just valuing yourself and your work um, valuing your expertise, your experience. Something I've realized over, you know, even just the past year or two is that I do have a lot of expertise and knowledge about social media and influencer marketing. And it's something that, because I'm in every day or, you know, we're in every day that we think is like common knowledge, but it's, it's not, it's really valuable to share those things with other people in your company or, you know, other people that you might work with in some way. And I think also just valuing your contributions to your team, not being able, not being afraid to like speak up when you have a great idea. And then, you know, beyond that, just valuing your, your financial worth and your salary and going in and negotiating for what you deserve.
0: to all of those things, such good advice. And, um, it's really refreshing to hear all of this. So I have a feeling that, so I have a feeling that a lot of women are, who are listening are definitely going to be interested in getting in touch with you. Um, they might have more questions that we didn't get to get to
1: today. What are, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Uh, I can be contacted through my LinkedIn account that's under my name, Casey Smith, and also on Twitter um, at CaseyNS. That's my handle. Perfect.
0: And we will link to all of those in the show notes of this
1: episode. Um, You are such a great guest. Thank you so, so much, Casey. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope the rest of the year treats you well and (laughs) safe for 2021. (laughs) for for the new year um girl me too and you too (laughs) 100 here like cheers to getting over
0: 2020 and getting into 2021 thank you everyone so much for listening if you liked what you heard today don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast we love comments so comment on this podcast and we may shout you out on our next episode join us next time and thanks for tuning in thanks for listening tune in next week
1: tune in next week